Welcome all, thanks for joining us for the 34th instalment of the Fancy Football Surgery podcast, coming to you live, but actually recorded on the 19th of October 2016. We are recording post-Champions League nights, we'll be commenting plenty on that throughout the podcast. Once again, if you enjoyed the first instalment of the Iceman and Bully Unplanned, well here comes volume two for you. Unfortunately, we are down a woodman, we are down a beard and a parker this week. Nonetheless, we had some nice feedback from you last week, so we're going to run with a similar theme again. But welcoming back the editor-in-chief, the man with the stats, it's the Iceman. Thank you, Billy. Welcome back as well. Thanks for welcoming me back, because actually I have to play myself in, and that kind of works with you introducing me, so we might have to go with that theme in the future. Um, Regardless, let's move on with the podcast. So just first of all, a couple of knee-jerk reactions to tonight's Champions League games. I think as two biased Arsenal fans, we can safely say we're pretty happy right now. Very happy, mate. It's all looking very promising going forward now, isn't it? It's even opening my eyes up to us winning the league. It could happen. Um, I'm going to jump in here um, in place of Woodsy and say you're (laughs) delusional, but let's discuss this more when we get to Arsenal's fixture. You say it's looking good going forward. It's actually starting to look pretty good at the back as well. But again, I'm going to save that discussion uh, for later. Other highlights from this evening. City getting an absolute spanking at the hands of the magician Lionel Messi with a 4-0 victory. Also having to play the majority of the game without their main goalkeeper. Um, yeah. and, and who do they have to bring off the bench, Iceman? Um, who was it? Oh, I can't remember who it was now. Um, I think the point I'm making is it doesn't matter because they loaned him to Torino for oh, the season. So yeah, unfortunately, they, they don't have a heart anymore, do they? He's gone off to Italy randomly. So anyway, let's move on with the pods. So we had some nice feedback from you guys, um, listeners, last week with the fixture-by-fixture run-through that we went with. So we're going to do that again. Be really interested to see um, how you feel about that and if that kind of works better. Um, Of course, though, we're going to start by reviewing our teams and uh, really laying all to bear, really, about how we've got on this week. First of all, Iceman, how did you do? It started really poorly for me. Um, Had Aguero captaincy which obviously got me the minus two. I also had Christian Benteke, who also missed a penalty like Aguero did. Uh, he got a minus one. Uh, I did have Lukaku, Wilcott, Sanchez, and then Lovren picked me up seven points as well. So ended up with 41. Not terrible, but not great. It's moved me down to 32,000 overall now. Uh, whereas I was on nine. I've got to say, when you uh, committed to, to that sanchez Walcott partnership in midfield, I thought you'd um, jump the gun and were being a bit biased, but actually you've done it exactly the right time. A great shout. It's worked out quite nicely because it's, you know, both both players have gone up in price as well, so it's up in my value. How much has Walcott gone up? Since I bought him, it was, yep. at, it was at 7.5. He's now at 7.9, and I can see him going up again. That is a fair old whack. We'll we'll cover that uh, topic in a moment. You can see us biasly already moving towards Arsenal. Um, So a decent performance by your team. Mine also started very poorly. Going into the Liverpool-Man United game, I was on about 26 points, but the Snorefest actually saved me. I got three for Firmino, but actually Bailly came up with the the goods again, and I got seven off him for a clean sheet and uh, and a bonus. Yeah, Bailly actually played quite well that game as well. Yeah. Um he he looks he does look a great addition to United's defense and they're going to they're going to miss him when it comes to the African Cup of Nations because he'll go off to that. When is he actually going away? 
Um, whenever the African Cup of Nations is. When is that? Um, it's like I think it's Jan- sort of January, January time, isn't yeah, it, when yeah. all the players start to go away. Yeah. And I will miss him uh, on a personal level as well. So I ended up with 36 points. The average was 39. So obviously I've plummeted uh, down a few leagues this week. My big performance was Diego Costa, once again with nine. And actually Heaton, for all the drubbing that he took, actually made 11 saves and he managed to get me uh, five points. So I was very happy with that. Yes, that's not bad. You've done all right from that, considering the... I, I thought that was going really badly. So let's have a look how the rest of you have got on this week then with our fancy football surgery mini-league. Mini I've actually dropped down to 110th now, so we don't need to talk about that. But let's read out the top 10. 10th place, we've got Dimitar Todorov. Uh, I'm confident that's not a real person. If it is, I apologise to you, who's called the special one. Ninth, we've got Sushant Garag with Yippie Kabaye. Uh, Nate Thomas is in eighth with Adida Oscar. Paul Mitchinson, Coma New Blues uh, on 44 now. Uh, we've then got Craig Bleakley with Boom Jackalaka. Nice. And, and he certainly did boom over the weekend with that red card. Yeah. We've got Boney 2017, Anton Thorson. You all might remember me calling Boney to uh, come up with the goods last week, and apparently I lied to you because he didn't manage that. <laughs> Fourth place, Jack Watson, uh, Jack Watson, sorry, Costa Gunas, which actually doesn't combine too well considering they hate each other. <laughs> Espen Anderson has fallen this week to third place. FPL forecast up again with uh, 76 points. Very impressive right, score on a low-scoring week yeah. with his differential 11. Um, I'm going to have a look at that in just a second to see if it was a true differential 11. Mm. But top of the league sits the mysterious Duke, Douglas Munro. He's actually broken the 500-point uh, barrier with 512 now. So very good performance by you, sir. Nice, yeah. Yeah, differential 11 is up there again, isn't he? With his differential team, which isn't quite a differential anymore. We've got Wilcott in his team now. No, I but, would actually say he's got... Um, to be fair, though, he had Hollybass in defence, Walcott captain, Ozil in midfield. So still kind of half a differential side. He's probably got to the point where he doesn't care about the differentials and he just wants to actually win. Uh, he's probably just staying away from Costa. Uh, he's actually got Lukaku on the bench. I was just about to say the same thing. Very this brave guy's move. got massive balls. He, he really does. I, I'm actually going to put it out there and say that he probably hasn't labelled it a differential 11 just to pick differentials. It's probably struggling for a name at the start and that's what he's come up with. So <laughs> either way, very strong performance in fine form and heading for the T-shirt. Yeah, doing well. Okay. So let's move on to the fixtures of the week then. Once again, we're going to run through them one by one. We're going to throw out some uh, obvious picks from the fixture and maybe some differentials. Starting with that lunch kickoff on Saturday, the beard would tell you to stay away from this in terms of captaincy. Have you got anyone in mind for this, Iceman? For the uh, Spurs versus Bournemouth game? We're looking at Bournemouth Tottenham with uh, yeah. the cherries at for this one. Well, we shouted him last week, Ali. He does look good at the moment. Shearer said on match of the day he could be the next Lampard and looking I at the, that, yes. looking at the way he's performing recently I'd say he's completely wrong but he does look good no one could be a Lampard he's just true quality but he's definitely a good option with Kane out he seems to be relishing it at the moment it just seems to be working doesn't it I guess without Harry Kane as the central figure Ali I suppose is a little bit more creative freedom to move into the number nine post sometimes yeah, and I guess that's benefiting him. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock that um, Son was actually on the bench. Uh, I think Lamella started in his place, did he? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, Woodsy had him captain Son, whereas he did have Wilcott uh, captain for the whole week and then changed it to Son. 
That must have been a killer for him. He has bottled that last minute. His hatred for Arsenal has cost him. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Olderworld is actually out now. He's injured, isn't he? So that might be a big blow for them because he's obviously quite crucial to their defence. I think um, Rose was out as well, wasn't he? Davis came yeah. in and he actually uh, yeah, he got shot on target. He actually almost scored. Their defence still looks good. They, you know, they only conceded the one and that was a bit of a scrappy goal by Chadley, which is the curse of the player coming back. He didn't celebrate the goal though, which I thought was pretty decent. Very um, respectful. Moving on to Bournemouth, uh, they had a stormer against Hull, didn't they? They certainly do. They just went. The, I didn't see that result. That, I mean, I, I, we did say we didn't really particularly think Hull had much to offer, but I wasn't expecting that. No, no. I mean, it was the third straight win at home, and they do look entertaining. Bournemouth. They uh, they've got an array of players to choose from, though. You just don't know which one to choose. Stan Slab obviously he's on free kicks and penalties. Well, looks it. Yeah. I think Wilson actually gave him the penalty though. I think it was just kind of a momentum thing um i read somewhere that wilson was like oh well, he had the ball he looked like he wanted to take it and it all just seems to be a bit of a everyone wants to club in together and they do look like yeah. a proper team uh, like i say they've got an array of players with ib wilshire stanislas wilson loads of different players to choose from it's difficult to actually know which one to choose yeah i mean i think i called him on the pod last week stanislas and I think he, he would still be my, my go-to man in terms of form at the moment. It's still only 5.5 million, so very reasonable in terms of fitting into your midfield. And if Bournemouth keep playing like that, then you know you could be talking some points. Yes, they've got Tottenham at home this week, but Middlesbrough away next week and then Sunderland at home. So actually not a bad time yeah. to uh, put your money in the Bournemouth midfield. Yeah, and then they've got Stoke after that. So yeah, he's, he's a pretty big differential. He's only 1% owned. Yeah. He, he had five shots the last game with obviously two going in. He had three on target and he got an assist. So he was the highest scorer, wasn't he? Um, so yeah, he, he could be an option, but it was whole, and they, they absolutely just, they just yeah. gave and in that last game. And I think I'm almost thinking of Stanislas maybe in a week's time because that mm. that Tottenham defence, even you know with or without Alderweireld, is rock solid. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think very good. I mean, Lloris really has um, flourished as a world class goalkeeper. Yeah, Dan, Daniel's getting forward as well. He obviously was a massive option last season. And yep. he's you know he scored loads of points. He's not on penalties anymore, I don't think. But he and Smith get forward uh, quite a lot, and Bournemouth always seems to play that passing game, so it always gets the wingers involved. Um, but I'd watch yep. out for um, Wilshire though. Ah, oh, Wilshire. He's uh, he's playing against the team he hates in that number ten yep. role. He could be uh, another, another surprising differential, can he? He's, I mean, there's going to be an extra motivation for him there. I, I'm desperately trying not to talk about Wilshire too much when we discuss Bournemouth because I fear just falling into Arsenal bias. Um, yes, there is that that you know that Tottenham hatred there. Again, I, I'm still waiting for Wilshire to click and start you know doing the magic that he's done. Didn't he get golden? Not golden boot, but uh, the, the best goal of the season two years in a row. Uh, yeah, that was voted by the Arsenal fans, which seemed to overtake yeah, the internet. We won't talk about that, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for me at the moment, though, I'm not going to bias towards Wilshire. I'm going to say Stanislas is still the best bet in that that midfield, and um, and just to say, I suppose Howe's got them playing really well. Yeah. Um. So it sounds like we're looking at kind of Stanislas. We're thinking Deli Ali seemed the the obvious two. 
and then we're looking at perhaps players like Davis as well at lower lower price coming in for Spurs to sort of cover injuries. Yeah, I just want to say as well, I did get in Francis and he was the only defender in that team which didn't score or assist in that game, which really did kill me. Yeah, I'm a bit worried about having having Francis now. I was almost ready to take him out straight away for Holobas, who yeah. uh, who's already risen in you price. Did yeah. yeah, and he did. You really have found a, a needle in a haystack of high point scorers there, yeah. haven't you? I mean, I'm going to hang on to him, but um, yeah, maybe I've made the wrong decision on that last week. I think you may have, especially with uh, with Smith scoring so highly as well. Yeah. That brings us on to our, our very favourite subject. We go from the, the more hated part of North London to uh, the, the mighty Arsenal. Arsenal. Um, whoever they are. So they are home to Middlesbrough at the Emirates this weekend. To save our buyer, shall we start by perhaps talking about Middlesbrough and anyone we think from them? Let's just have a quick gloat about us winning 6-0 against Ludogorets. I'm, I'm going to let you do that for a yeah, moment. 6-0, we're going to win the league. Come on. <laughs> and the Champions League as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's all it's all hopeful now. All Arsenal fans are going to be fainting. And All right, well, let's do something with that because we've spent most of the last couple of weeks talking about Walcott and, and Sanchez and that just seems obvious. But let's talk about Meza Ozil for a second because you pointed him out a few weeks ago. It was a great shout because actually he's he's been in, in fine form for Arsenal. Hat-trick tonight. What are your thoughts on him at the moment? Well, he's got two pairs of boots, hasn't he? One are his assist boots and one are his scoring boots. And he seems to be wearing the scoring boots at the moment. He did assist in the Champions League tonight, but yeah, he seems to just be wanting to get forward. He's When you look at his overall position, he is up there with um, Sanchez. Sometimes he's even in front of Sanchez on the overall positioning. And yeah, playing that number 10, he just looks like he wants to get as many goals as, as he can this season. Um, He's almost playing as a more true number 10 now, isn't he? Yeah, he, he does look quality. He is a quality player. He just looks amazing. I'm so glad he's in our team. It's ridiculous. So let me ask you this then. So a lot of the discussion around the, the rise of Theo Walcott, of course, another couple of goals um, at the weekend, another goal tonight in the uh, in the Champions League. A lot of the attention is on him at the moment. And the discussion has been actually, does Alexis Sanchez up front give us a different dynamic? And I'm wondering, does Ozil benefit from that as well? I think... Um, Ozil, yeah, it's. I mean, Ozil was more with the assist with uh, Giroud up there, wasn't he? A lot of people do think he plays better with Giroud. I don't know. It's he seems to get forward more. It gives him the burst to get forward now that Sanchez is able to provide the assist as well. Because I think it's twice now that Sanchez has drifted a ball into the box and Ozil's just gone to the end of it. Obviously, yeah. in the last game, he just roofed it into the net. He doesn't half hit a volley. He hit one tonight as well. Yeah, and yeah, you you could say that, but uh, I don't. Know, it's a bit early yet. I suppose we'll see how the season goes, and I'm sure Giroud's going to come back into it and then probably disrupt that in some way. Well, one player I'm going to call for Arsenal as a differential because I'm I'm not going to bang on about Walcott and Sanchez again, but I'm still liking Iwobi in the way that he's playing at the moment. Yeah. I think he carries a genuine goal scoring threat. He may not have quite the same returns as the other two, but as a cheap option to get into the Arsenal midfield. I think, And if, if you wanted to double up on Arsenal midfield, I don't think it'd be a bad shout. Chamberlain started tonight in the Champions League, which I think means Iwobi is being kind of rested after his run of games. But I also think that means he'll return to line up against Middlesbrough. 
and he's just got electric pace. He's very much uh, carries as much of an attacking threat in that front uh, four as the other three players. So 5.8 million, only 1.7% ownership. Again, you know, the other two you'd expect to score, but I think if you wanted to double up or get a cheaper Arsenal option in midfield, he wouldn't be a bad shout. And I do believe Wenger is invested in continuing to develop him. Yeah, I agree with that. He is in good form. The, I mean, you've got to look at it though. He, he gets subbed every game and I don't know if, I know Oxley played tonight. He did look good. He is obviously pushing away before that starting spot. But you could see Oxley getting a few goals and then just pushing him out. So it's a risky one. It's obviously a shout. Like, yeah, if if you want to take a risk and you can't quite afford Wilcott or Sanchez, which are the two main Arsenal players which you want at the moment. But um, yeah. Yeah, going away, but yeah, it's a differential. That's what I'm throwing out there. We've, we've gone with, I suppose, what you would say, our panels picks. That's my differential for the week in, uh, in uh, Mr. Iwobi. I'm just going to, again, point to the Arsenal back four, though. I mentioned at the start of the pod that I'd uh, I'd come back to this. All this good going forward, but actually the back is starting to look decidedly sound. A couple yeah. of clean sheets coming through now. Obviously, Gibbs has played tonight for Arsenal. I don't think that's going to continue. The uh, the back four of Bellerin, Mustafi, Koscielny, and Monreal looks fairly settled. Koscielny up to 6.3 million now in terms of price. Who who at this point would be your go-to in terms of getting into that Arsenal defence? Any kind of variation on last week? Well, uh, no one really wants to go over the 6 million mark with the defenders. It seems to be the price bracket is highest of 6. A lot of people are not spending that extra 0.5 million on Bellerin or old world or people like that so they're wanting to keep in the six million mark so Mustafi seems to be the go-to at the moment his underlying stats are pretty good he gets only 1.3 million ownership yeah he gets forward as well and he does put a lot of balls into the box which go kind of unseen yeah his stats actually are better than Koscielny's in terms of attacking okay and obviously yeah they've got two good fixtures coming up and then they've got Tottenham. Oh, here's a stat. Arsenal have kept four clean sheets in their last five Champions League home games as well. So it's getting better at the back for Arsenal. Def- and we do like option. a stat, Iceman. Yeah, the Iceman loves a stat. Iceman loves a stat, and we love your stats. So, Okay, can, can we suggest anybody from Middlesbrough who's going to be a potential threat this week? Um, Middlesbrough, none of their players are looking interesting for me at the moment. They They do have a very hard run in as well got Arsenal next and then they're home to Bournemouth but then Man City Chelsea and Leicester on the bounce <laughs> Stuani shout last week not paying off either Bill <laughs> no he uh, he came with a solid two so yeah, um, yeah sorry about that yeah, I'm actually thinking of... Uh, that's uh, that's my apology to the community. <laughs> um, and on that note, I'm going to move us on to Burnley versus Everton. Um, I think this is an interesting fixture. Obviously, Burnley not doing too well, falling to the hands of stone-cold Charlie Austin last week. Everton still looking, still looking promising going forward. I think they're going to have a much better season than last year. A good point. Uh, against City, who are you looking at in this fixture? It's yeah, you you're veering off to Everton more than Burnley. There's not again. I don't think there's many players for Burnley which I actually want to bring in. Um, maybe their defence, you know, with me four point five because of their home form they're very solid against Arsenal. But I can't see him keeping out Everton. Lukaku looked good against City, the way he just walked past Clichy in the last game. It's almost like he wasn't there. Did you see the goal? Sorry, which one was this? The Lukaku's goal against City. I didn't actually know. All oh, right, it's more or less like he walked past Clichy and he scored kind of a similar goal against Chelsea last year. Um, 
But yeah, Everton are, are looking good at the moment with Koeman in charge. And I don't know if we're allowed to shout this. I'll edit it out if we're not. But look, as Lloyd Parker is their new nutritionist, that might be taking a massive effect on them at the moment. I, I heard he was feeding the same food he was given to Aguero. And obviously they've adapted very nicely to that. Um I do agree with you in terms of going forward. They they look more of a side now. Koeman's got them up together. And I think uh, Yannick Balassi is still a very interesting prospect at only six million. Another five points this week. That's 24 now for a season that he started very, very slow as he wasn't playing for Palace. The next few weeks, Everton have Burnley, West Ham at home, who we know love to ship a goal. And then Chelsea away, who again, I believe can be got at. So for me, it's uh, it's sort of Balassi would be my go-to this week if you haven't already got Lukaku. Yeah, no, I agree with that. They, I do think Everton are one of those teams which would just annoy the top sides. But yeah. in the last game, City, they could they could have smashed them at one point. Everton were keeping very solid at the back, even though Jagielka gave away two penalties. He certainly did. Um I mean, the, the only play that really interests me, I guess, uh, for, I suppose, guaranteed time on the pitch for Burnley, Burnley, it might be Sam Vokes. He's got six points last week. Not doing too bad as an FPL season, the lower side goes. He's on uh, 26 for the season. He's only worth six million as well, so he could be a reasonable choice as a differential striker. Having said that... Gray is back uh, soon, Everton, isn't he? What's that? Gray is back soon, isn't he? Gray is back soon, yeah. I, I still think Sam Vokes will get minutes, but he's got Man United away next. Palace at home, though, in game week 11. Could be could be points in there for him then. But beyond that, I'm not really looking at anybody in this Burnley side. Yeah, don't don't big up Vokes. He's, he's no good. No, I just thought I'd throw that one out. <laughs> this next fixture uh, doesn't interest me at all, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Hull versus Stoke. Uh, sorry, Hull fans. Once again, I'm being a bit negative about your side. Stoke, interesting me from a defensive perspective now, though. Um, I was having a look at some of their defenders during the week as a potential to, I suppose, shuffle things round. Well, you're missing... The, I like the, the idea of big... Cameron at four point. Sorry, carry on. Go on. I said you're missing the one big player that's been second most transferred in so far, Joe Allen. I was going to come to him in a bit. I was going to start with the uh, defence, but do you want to speak about Joe Allen? Sorry, I'll climax too early there. You can carry on. Okay, well, you you keep building up. Um, I just like the value of Stoke defenders over the next few weeks. I do believe once they get settled back four, we'll see a few more returns from them, and we did so last weekend. Next few games against Holloway, Swansea at home, and then West Ham. So I think there's some, uh, some, I suppose, building work and some improvement there for the Stoke back four. The likes of Peters and Cameron at fullback, only 4.4 million both getting eight and six respectively in the last uh, the last match they played. So again, as a, as a I suppose a rotational option in defence, I quite like the the look of that. Yeah, Peters. Nice, your thoughts? So yeah, Peters was getting forward quite a lot this last game. He certainly does. And yeah, he was my choice whether to go him or Francis, and obviously I made the wrong decision in that that aspect. But he, yeah, he gets he, he does get into the box and he gets some shots off as well, a lot of crosses. And I do think Boney, he's he's probably one which people are overseeing. Yeah, he has got the pedigree, and I do think at some point he's going to come good. And he's got the fixtures. He got a fair amount of um, attempts last game. He got three. Who knows? He, he may be one which, uh, if you jump on now, it could be a potential future bandwagon. I was, I was going to say, I was actually going to apologise to the listeners for even suggesting him last week. But if you've got data to support it, let's go with it. We'll take that. Lovely. Um, Joe Allen, talk to me. <laughs> 
Well, he's had over 120,000 chances in this game week. He's rather sought after at the moment, but we've seen it already this season with Kapoe. He's got a current goal conversion of 40%, so that looks very unsustainable. He does take corners, though. He is grabbing the odd goal, but in my eyes, it's like a waste of a transfer. I don't think he's going to carry on the uh, the FPL points for much longer. So you think it's just it literally is the the ultimate of all band wagons? Yeah, I said it about Kapoe uh, before, and yeah, look at him. He's he's stopped, and I do think it's going to happen the same with Joe Allen. I don't think he's going to carry on. You'll get the likes of Anatovic and Shakiri probably grabbing more more of the goals and assists than Joe Allen. So you think if we, if we were looking long term, then Joe Allen's not the man. You still want to have your money where the you know in the big hitters. Well, if you've got a spare transfer that you really don't want to use, um, use him as your fifth. But other than that, no. Okay, um, I like the idea of that as a uh, as as kind of a piece of advice to the listeners because actually it is very easy to get sort of roped into these bandwagons and he might not be the best one to go for at this point in time. Yeah, quick, quick note on Hull. They have let in 14 goals in four games. So maybe they are—they have finally become this year's whipping boys. And a few people did question us last week about not wanting any whole players. But this week against Bournemouth, I think, was an example of why. A lot have gone for Snodgrass as well. And I... Yeah, I still don't see him as a good option. Yeah, I mean, he, he started the season on fire, didn't he? He looked very good, but it's just, um, I guess, in terms of the long term with him and whether he can keep that up all season. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think he's long term. So I was just pulling, pouring myself a drink there, mate. Lovely. How, how was it? Mm. That's just a nice glass of water. Oh, lovely. Mm. Oh, Delicious. <laughs> Okay, so in terms of it, so not that much mileage in this game. Obviously, we're leaning more towards Stoke there. Let's move on to the champions Ooh. of Europe this season <laughs> Leicester City versus Crystal Palace. Um, 100% record in the Champions League. The Algerian partnership looking very good. Vardy on fire. What about the is Premier he, League, though? Is Vardy on fire? In, in Europe, he looks pretty good. Not not scoring, but no. in terms of uh, you know linking things up. But um, what's happening in the league with Leicester? Well, yeah, they seem to be uh, compensating their league form for Champions League form. So they're looking. Have they got? I mean, let me pose this question: Have they got bigger fish to fry now? Maybe, yeah. Maybe they're, they're done with the Premier League. They're moving on. They don't care about Premier. They're all for the Champions League. That's what they're going to win this year. But they they can't defend anymore with these new rules of, of grappling. They've they're up there with Hull. They've let in thirteen goals in the last four. It does seem to be affecting them these new rules. I think it's them and Stoke have probably uh, yeah. come off the worst from this. I mean, it's very difficult to get physical now, isn't it? And certainly, the likes of Hoof and Morgan seem to benefit from that very physical uh, approach to defending in the last uh, the last season. Yeah. So, I mean, who who are the standouts for you? Because I, I still think Leicester can uh, can win this game against Palace. Yeah. They they didn't look t- like I did watch the game with Chelsea and they didn't look terrible. They didn't have any shots on target though. But um, Var- with Slomani coming in, Okazaki's obviously moved out now and he's not getting many minutes at all. I don't think he got any last game. No, he didn't even he didn't even play. I think it was um, Slomani who started up top with Vardy. But that's affecting Vardy's game because. Uh, Vardy. Well, which game are we talking about? Because Slomani I called last week and then he was on the bench. 
Oh, was he on the bench this week, was he? Oh. Yeah, I, I specifically remember talking at length about how Slimani could get at the Chelsea back four. Oh, was and then I logged on yeah. at 2.30 uh, on Saturday to find that he wasn't even playing. So yeah. apologies to the listeners for that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, I, I thought it was Slimani, but yeah, it's Musa actually played up top with Vardy. Yeah. And yeah, you can see it's affecting Vardy's game because he is completing more passes this season. So he's becoming less of a poacher last season uh, which is obviously not benefiting Leicester at all Okazaki's role was kind of one of self-sacrifice and I think yeah. he was I think he was cu- crucial to Leicester's success uh, yeah. last season which kind of goes unnoticed yeah I agree I think now they've gone uh, they've gone big time with uh, getting these signings in great to have the squad but I think that's the thing in the Champions League they do seem prepared for it but in, in the uh, the Premiership it's just not working yeah another stat which I, I found Mares uh, hadn't completed a pass to Vardy for over a month last Friday. Wow. I don't know how he got on last night, but yeah, that's a big stat. And that was obviously a big um, combination last season, which is not happening at all this season. So something has changed with Leicester. Um, would you be leaning more towards a Leicester clean sheet? So maybe back for goalkeeper for this game, or would you be looking more at them going forward still and backing the likes of Vardy and Mares? Yeah, I, to us, Drinkwater did look good in the last game. I was just about to bring him up because in terms of points, he is their highest scoring midfielder at the yeah, moment. Yeah, he sprays the passes all over the pitch. Is he in Gareth Southgate's team at the moment? He's not, is he? I do think he's probably pushing Still not getting that just... Yeah, in terms of creative central midfield, I think the difficulty for Drinkwater is if you were, if you were playing a football manager game, he would be a pure... MC or CM, a pure central midfielder. He's not, you know, a number 10, nor is he someone like Kante who tracks back. He is a pure central midfielder, which I think disadvantages him a little bit in terms of specialising. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I don't really see any FPL options for Leicester. I may be wrong. Uh, like, you, you know, you did shout Slomani. You know, they'll, they'll probably beat Palace this week, me saying that. I think. But- I think- if you went for Slimani, I think to keep him for this week, because they're home against Palace at the end of the day, so it's it's not bad if you've got him in the, I wouldn't sacrifice, you know, a four-point transfer to get rid of him at this point. But like you said, there's no one that's a standout. I guess they've got Crystal Palace at home next, Tottenham away after, which we're seeing Leicester getting a hiding off the big team. So, mm. again, I wouldn't be going in that direction. Then they've got West Brom, who on their day can can really shut teams out. So I agree at the moment, long-term thinking, there's not a lot Leicester is, is offering, I don't think. No, yeah, I agree. What about in terms of Palace? So you've been a Benteke fan. Talk to me about that. Yeah, he. I mean, he's still getting uh, chances. He had a header which just went wide in the last game. He's getting a lot of touches in the box. He did miss a penalty, but it was pouring down with rain in the last game. But yeah, with the likes of Townsend crossing in the box, I, I think that he, he is getting there. You, you'll see it. Uh, one game will come where he'll just score a hat-trick and he'll be like, right, let's jump on the Benteke bandwagon again. Yeah. But, Palace do have quite tricky fixtures coming up. They're not easy with Leicester away. Then they've got Liverpool. I mean, then they've got Burnley, but then they've got Man City directly after that. So maybe not one to bring in, but I'm holding on to him for now because I just I don't see that many better options than him. Yeah, I don't think it's worth dropping him just because he's had one one you know one penalty miss. You only have to look at KDB and Aguero, and if you've got them, you wouldn't be sacrificing them this week um 
but no, I agree. For me, again, Benteke is the only person really at the moment that I can look at and say with any longevity from their Crystal Palace side, I would I would invest in each week. Yeah. A bit of the one letdown for me this season has been Andros Townsend to some extent. Still only on twenty six points. I was kind of expecting big things. Um James MacArthur has actually outscored in midfield with twenty eight points. Yeah, he's only four point nine as well. But yeah. again, not really a, an FPL asset. No, not someone that's going to get you long term points. Yeah, Same so- with Wilfred Zaha, you know, flatters the deceive, five point three million, still only twenty one points this season. So again, Palace not really tempting me even with that fairly solid back four they've got now looking at their team to be honest the the main ones that you'd choose is Benteke and maybe Dan otherwise I don't really see much value in any of them I mean Ward would be a good option if he was 4.9 but he's 4 if he was 4.5 but he's 4.9 so you're not really gonna gonna gain much from him well we'll move on from this one but who'd have thought a year ago we'd be poo-pooing a Leicester home tie at the King Power against Palace yeah yeah that's surprising Swansea Watford the team from Wales versus um, the, you know, the, the perhaps overperforming and underperforming at Jekyll and Hyde side of Watford. Um, who's interesting you here? I just got to say before we start, Bob Bradley. What on earth was he wearing? He was fully in black. It looked like no logos or anything. It just looked really out of place. And I did see well, I caught a funny comment on Twitter that Bob Bradley looks like a skull in a condom. I thought that, <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. I'm, I have every confidence that's exactly the look that he was going for. <laughs> uh, but moving on to the actual game, um, Swansea, they still lack quite a big presence up front now. Um, they they looked, they looked pretty good against Arsenal, though. They didn't give us an e- easy yeah. easy time. Siggy's even coming back into uh, the fancy football manager's eyes now. He's He's got two goals and assists so far this season, and he did look pretty good against Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, the last five games he's actually played, he's, you know, sandwiched between a couple of twos. He's actually got eight, six and nine point game weeks. Yeah. And if if you look at that home game against Watford, then he's playing Stoke. It's not bad. Uh, then he's got Man United. Not bad fixtures for the, uh, for the Iceland man. Yeah, maybe he's a uh, a transfer out for say Antonio if you can afford to uh, that point two which he costs more than Antonio because he seems to be one which uh, people are taking out. But we'll move on to that on the West Ham game. I've got to say I'm, I'm going to contrast that. I, I mentioned him last week, but I'm still saying Leroy Fair at the moment. I'm not willing to put seven million of my money into the Swansea midfield, but I still would. Um, consider Leroy Fair yeah. um, 39 points for the season owned by 11% of you so a lot of interest in him still only 5.3 million um, so I still think he poses the best value for money in that Swansea side yeah he got four attempts inside the box last game and he could have scored against us and yeah. that is how he's getting his goals by getting into the box isn't it yeah it's it's another kind of uh, Joe Allen Capoue type player which just seems to get in there at the right time yeah did you well, what about Watford then? So, well, oh. just just before you move on, uh, just going to talk about Barrow. I know he's okay. if if you're looking, I mean, you're you're wanting to get rid of um, Stuani at some point, surely. And Barrow at five million, he really did make Monreal look silly. He was dominating throughout the game. Although I, I, he did come off for for Baston, who yeah. scored with his first touch. Yeah, if if you're looking to to move a player to someone quite cheap up top, Barrow might be a good option. For the next he's got two. he's got a potential ankle injury this weekend. Ah, oh, so he has. Um, yeah, I didn't see that. I, I think the problem for Barrow, I agree with you. I think when you watch him play, he's so quick. Mm. 
you just think this guy is just explosive. But uh, again, he doesn't seem to be a consistent starter for them. And I'm not confident his points return is going to be sort of consistent over the course of the season with the likes of Baston and when he comes back, Lorente rotating with him. But like you say, a cheap option. If he plays more regularly, who knows? He could get the returns. Yeah. Okay. And moving on to Watford. Uh, I was going to say, anyone from Watford you've yeah, got in mind? Kapua is obviously faded away now. Uh, Dini looks kind of the main option, but he blanked again this week. But it's it's all about Holobas for Watford. He scored in the last game, gets an assist. He's more or less playing as a left winger. And after the game, he had an interview and he did say, you will see me score more. You'll see more of this or something. I can't remember what it was, but so he's obviously got that drive to get forward, and only uh, he's gone up to four point six now. I was actually thinking of getting rid of uh, Francis and bringing <laughs> him. That's uh, not an option anymore. God, you got to be quick with FPL sometimes. You really got to be on the ball. You're hearing it here live <laughs> first. That transfer to the Iceman is now dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, could have been, but yeah, he looks a good option playing in defence, but more or less playing left mid. Well, no, I, I agree with you completely. I think at the moment, if we're always looking for an informed scoring defender, aren't we? And you know, out of the last five game weeks, he's, he's had three that have involved seven, six, and fifteen points playing further forward. That's always the secret in fantasy football, isn't it? Picking players in kind of more advanced positions who are reflected further back on the pitch. So. Agree completely. I think he, he's the main one I'd be looking at the moment. I, I'm still not consistent. I'm impressed by the consistency of Igalo and Dini. So again, Holobas for me is the only one I would probably go to. Yeah, we did have a question on Dini from uh, Reddit. Robert J nine three posted why. Why do you guys think of Dini? I think it means what do you guys think of Dini? How long to hold on to him and who is a good alternative third forward? I suppose looking at holding on to Dini, whether to hold him or not, he he did get, he was on 6.6 points, then he blanked with two, then he hit nine against Bournemouth, then he blanked against, against Middlesbrough. But in the next two against Swansea and Hull, you could probably see him getting a few goals. So I would hang on to Dini at the moment um, I, I'm sure, I'd be I'm interested sure. to know who the other two just sorry to, to um, add to this but I'd be interested to see who this guy's other two strikers are because actually if you look at Watford's next few games Swansea and Hull yeah. okay, so p- potential goals there Liverpool away who are a bit Jekyll and Hyde after that they've then got Leicester at home Stoke at home West Brom away so you, you've got six or seven fixtures actually where if he's your third striker I would keep him yeah, for those definitely. absolutely if you can afford to keep him as well because actually as a third striker I do think he's a bit expensive if you're going for more higher cost midfielders but having said that if you fit him in as a third striker I would keep for now I'd stick yeah me too okay um, I think that's all we can say about Swansea versus Watford at the moment um, so let's move on to West Ham versus Sunderland again West Ham coming into the campaign with a promising side they've picked up a, a win at uh, Crystal Palace last week I'm going to shout Dimitri Payet as my my go-to. I know he's still quite expensive, but I like the look of the game at home against the Sunderland side, which again have lost uh, to Stokes. The confidence is going to be low there. Payet at the moment in terms of cost, 9.4 million. Only three points in the last game, but I still believe he's going to sort of turn it on over the course of the season. Uh, So he would be my shout at the moment. Yeah, good option. 
Piety created three chances in the last game, three attempts on goal. I think his quality will shine through against Sunderland as well. Obviously, they're bottom of the league for a reason. And, uh, yeah, I think Piety's just going to make them look foolish. Obviously, going back to Antonio, who has now been pushed back to right back, although West Ham seem to be playing with three in the middle, a bit like the Conte Chelsea lineup. Uh, three in the middle and then two wing backs with uh, yep. Antonio and Cresswell on either side. So some people may be wanting to remove Antonio and maybe bring in someone like Cresswell, who's looking a strong option uh, playing the opposite side. And he gets as forward as Tony as Antonio, and obviously he created the assist in the last game and he's looking sharp although he did get sent off in the last game so maybe not an option for now yeah so as a a criticism of my my own pick of Payet a cheaper option and I think he's becoming a bit of a darling of the West Ham uh, faithful Lanzini 6.4 million 11 points in the last game West Ham fans pining him for him to come back when he got injured would he be you know, a more reasonable, cheap option than Payet? He is someone I had quite a lot last season. Um, yeah. Again, like these, he's like a William player. He's very inconsistent. Always seems yeah. to play quite well, but not always scoring the fancy football points. I mean, if you're looking for that option of 6.4, you, I, I probably wouldn't opt for Lanzini, especially not with West Ham. If, if you're going for any players, it would, could still be Antonio or it would be Payet. He's not one for me, uh, Lanzini, not this year. No. Not so much. No. Okay. Anyone from Sunderland? Um, Pickford. <laughs> he uh, he's still quite cheap. He's four point uh, four point one. No, he's it's, cheap, it's but I don't think he's going to catch or save any shots. He's still four point zero, but they are bottom of the league. Hey, he still gets a fair amount of saves each game. It's money, definitely, but I just don't think he's going to get us any points. No, yeah. I'm thinking that's, this is my problem now. I, I don't know whether to play Foster in the next game against Liverpool, who did make a fair amount of saves, or Pickford against West Ham. Basically, it's like walking onto a firing range and picking one of two targets. <laughs> yeah, difficult. I'll, I'm all over that one. Um, no, Sunderland options, uh, you've only got the one, which is Defoe, and that's if you want to take a risk. I think Van Aanholt's actually injured now, so you haven't even got that option from the back anymore. There's no one in midfield I even want to think about. Maybe maybe McNair, who seems to be starting further forward, uh, who's only priced at 4.4 as a defender. Yeah, it's, it's, other than that, it'll be Defoe. So there's actually still, there, still a 4.8% ownership of love for Sunderland, a lot of love for, for love. Yeah, um, I wonder if that's just because he's four point one million and he's just festering in teams. Yeah, he's he's one of these players who gets transferred in by people who know nothing, and uh, have just seen that he scored a few points and he's quite cheap, so they've they've brought him in. But no, it's, he's he's not an option anymore. He only played like two games. No. Okay, well, love's out. No love for love at this point in this podcast. Okay, well, a slightly more uh, exciting prospect, although they uh, they bored us to tears over the weekend. Liverpool versus West Brom. Usually, this would make my ears prick up. I've, having seen them against United, I'm feeling a little bit less confident now. Um, I have Firmino in my team. I've got no plans of taking him out for this weekend. I think he's actually even potentially captain material for this one. 
41 points for the season overall in terms of value 8.5 million and and his general theme in terms of return seems to be kind of he'll have one or two decent game weeks have one or two where he goes a bit quiet and then he then he explodes again and i am going to go back to the classic given we're using this sparingly i think he's due he's due a big week um he had 12 points against swansea Nothing against United, really, but I think against West Brom, he'll be a lot more of an attacking threat. Yeah, he could be. He does play. He plays well nearly every game. Uh, I've seen him. He seems to be playing better when Sturridge is not on the pitch. Sturridge seems to be a bit of a, a hindrance to him. I know he, he plays out on the left, which he did score the amount of points he did against Swansea when he was out on the left and Sturridge was there. But against United, he seemed to get more involved in the game when Sturridge was off the pitch. So I don't yeah. know if... Yeah, we'll see how long that continues now that Lalana's back because he plays a lot of one twos with Lalana. He, he gets more players involved in the game. He's more of a, a team player than Sturridge is, so he's good to see up top. Well, that kind of fits. I mean, Lalana's idol, I think he said when he was growing up, was uh, the likes of Xavi. Yeah, I think he modelled his game on Xavi. And interestingly, Xavi, Xavi um, idolised Matthew Letizio from Southampton, so you can see kind of a roundabout link there. But <laughs> I agree, I think Lallana uh, really provides a balance to that Liverpool attacking side that has so much flair in it, and he just seems to bring everything together. I think he's he's quite underrated, Adam Lallana. Uh, he's back now, he's back from injury, so again, he's another option. But I suppose you, you'll have to wait until he, he gets fit, fit again, because he wasn't quite as sharp as he normally was in the last game. But uh, Mourinho did park the lovely Mourinho bus in front of Liverpool, so they didn't really have a chance. Yeah. Ruin the game. Yeah, any, any Liverpool defenders that are interesting you? Well, I've got Lovren. I had, we did have a question from LolRipM8 from Reddit. He he's, he's asked, are Liverpool defenders worth a punt? And which have the best attacking output? Uh, obviously, Klein, he gets forward a lot. He's the one that gets the crosses into the box. He creates all, all the chances. But if you're looking for a cheap one into it, like I have, just so I could afford it, which was Lovren, uh, people seem to be bringing him in. He gets game time. Got a bonus point in the last game as well. So every little counts. Indeed. So yeah, I, I can't really offer any. I'm, I'm still not really trusting of any of the Liverpool uh, back four, unfortunately. So you'll have to forgive me for that. But um, uh, but I certainly wouldn't pick uh, Lovren. I still don't trust him either. Don't know if moving to Klein would be a better option. Just having a look at the stats now, but he does get forward a lot and his positioning overall is more or less like a midfielder. He's a bit like Bellerin, but you know, just playing for uh, a shitter team in Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> He's had 10 attempts so far this season and 14, 14 chances created. So yeah, he, he is one which has probably got the attacking options for Liverpool, but if you're just looking for a way in, uh, just due to their, their fixtures coming up, I think Lovren's probably probably the one you want. Lovren, Germain. Okay, anyone from West Brom? Um, Foster had a great game. Load, load of saves. I was dreading having him on my bench, because when, when Spurs scored in the last game, I was actually quite happy, which is which is not a good sign as an Arsenal fan. But yeah, Chadley scored again. I think he got a bit lucky from benefiting from a rebound. But uh, yeah, now I've got the hard decision whether to play Foster or Pickford. Um, I think my decision may be swayed by Evans being out, who was a key player for West Brom yeah. in defence. Yeah, it, it would only be Chadley in my eyes. Rondon might be worth a shout, but no, I wouldn't. there are better players other than him. 
So we're thinking the Chadley uh, bandwagon is a lot more sought after than is the uh, Joe Allen bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. I'd be inclined to agree with you on that, sir. Okay, so it sounds like we're backing Liverpool for this one. Now let's move on to the Sunday fixtures and just a few of the smaller teams playing. First of all, Manchester City versus Southampton. Um, City seemed to forget how to take penalties last week. (laughs) Yeah, a bit like everyone else. It was a bit of a weekend of missed penalties. Even Balotelli for for Nice missed a penalty. Let me say, Mario Balotelli has been on fire this season. Yeah, he has. He's actually making a name for himself in France now. Uh, City do seem to have forgotten how to take penalties. Uh, I do think their line-up, Pepper's got himself up with a 3-2-4-2, I think it was. I think it's the first I've seen this type of formation, but they did look good. They controlled the game against Everton. Yeah. And uh, I think Sa- Sané, your Sané started, who's your best friend. He did, and yes. You've you shouted him a few times. He he looked skillful on the right-hand side. Maybe he's one which, uh, as you say, might be one going forward. Uh, well, I think as they get more into the Champions League, they're going to need more variety and rotation so i can see him starting to, to play a few more games now yeah sterling did have a quiet game he was furthest forward out of the midfielders but i think they like having kdb back but he didn't look like he was fully fit no give, not yeah he, he played a, he played 90 tonight so obviously he's getting his fitness back i think give him a week maybe after this game kdb will be a, a massive option yeah i'm actually thinking of saving a transfer this week anticipating the uh, the next yeah to, uh, to get him back in um the other thing is sane didn't actually play for city tonight so again i could see him potentially featuring at the weekend so again is he still 7.7 million he's 7.6 now so he's gone down still 7.6 million so again not a bad uh, differential and a good team and yeah. Um, I do fancy City to score against Southampton as good as they are at the back. I think I think people are going to be loading up with City players soon. After the Southampton game, they've then got West Brom, Middlesbrough, Crystal Palace, Burnley. So that's pretty juicy fixtures. So I'm thinking about doubling up on them. Maybe even removing Alexis for KDB. Maybe maybe, maybe after two weeks maybe for the Middlesbrough game. So I asked you that question last week. Is it finally OK to ditch Sanchez because of Walcott's form and put the money elsewhere? Well, Sanchez scored again tonight. I would leave it a couple of weeks because we've got two good fixtures uh, and then think about it. It will be hard to take him out there. But yeah, City's fixtures do look really good. Um, City are still looking re- uh, really good going forward. I know they lost against Barcelona tonight, but Barcelona are a different class. But in, in the Premiership, I think they're still going to dominate. Still very much the team to go to. Just can you can you comment on the disappointment of the John Stones? I guess the situation five million when he went across from Everton. Everyone thought they would get an absolute steal putting him in their fancy football teams. Have City kept a clean sheet this season? Um, yeah, I think they've kept one. I, I don't think they have because he's no? he's got twelve points for the whole season. I don't think he played that game. So no. certainly, if they've kept a clean sheet, he hasn't been involved. So. Yeah. Massive frustration for me. I've stuck with him through thick and thin, and he's given me nothing. Oh, they beat Bournemouth 4 0, didn't they? Um, yeah, <laughs> their defence is not good, probably because they keep wanting to pass it to Bravo. And as you saw tonight, there's yeah, another big, work. big so, mistake from him. But great going forward, so I'm not going to uh, not going to fault Pep on that. Yeah. But I'm going to have yeah. to um, interrupt because I need another piss. Okay, lovely. So uh, yeah, we'll, we will be right back.
Well, welcome back from our standard pissing interlude there. The Iceman taking a second just to relieve himself. Um, back on to the more serious business. So moving on from Manchester City, are there any Saints players that are really interesting you at the moment? Well, Austin is the man in form here. Eight attempts on goal this game, which is the same as uh, KDB. But the main difficulty with transferring in Austin is Southampton's fixtures. They just... They scare me a little bit. The fact that they, they've got Europa League to dodge past as well without Charlie's knees giving way. All of Austin's owners are actually hoping for Long to start tomorrow night. But he's the, the main option. Uh, but you can still see Redmond is, is a good shout. He, he did have seven attempts on goal in the last game. His average positioning, again, was, you know, he's playing up front still, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's still a good option, and he's. I, I can't. I, yeah, I think Redmond is due still. I know you'll probably say it nearly every week now, but I, I kind of want him in my team uh, when I when I can get him in. He's still only six mil. No, he's actually five point nine now, so he's gone down. But they're still yeah, cheap. Yeah, still for a midfielder who plays up front, he does get. You know, plays every game, ninety minutes. Well, I think certainly Peel is still looking to develop him like he did Henri, so. Oh, yeah, potential sure. minutes for him there. Yeah, I still think he's a good option. A lot of people are wanting to get rid. Yeah. Um, other, other than him, Tadic, Tadic is still he assisted two and scored one for Serbia the other week. And yeah, yeah but I can I can see him as uh, another good option still, but just doesn't seem to be scoring the points in the Premier League at the moment. Well, it sounds like Austin is the uh, the really the man to go to for Saints this weekend. I'm not really looking at their defence. Just for a change, with Man City being the uh, the attacking force they are, and we've got a um, a fairly nondescript fixture: Chelsea versus Manchester United, Conte versus Jose, the Mafia versus the Portuguese legend. I don't know how do we describe him now, but um, again, a lot of history between these two clubs. Big fixture coming up. Um, last week we told you all to get rid of Eden Hazard. Sorry, um, he's turned up with some points. Uh, <laughs> My bad. So, what are we thinking about Hazard at the moment? Started the season in, in glittering form, a couple of bad weeks, a good goal this week. Where are we Where are we going with this one? It's difficult. They've, they've now got a tough run in. But yeah, Hazard, <laughs> Hazard did look good this game. He was obviously just going through uh, a dip in his form. He hit five attempts on goal this game. He did. I think he had four straight blanks before that. So that's why we're leaning towards the get rid more than the get. But now, yeah, depending on what happens next week, uh, maybe this new formation which Conte is playing is really benefiting him. He seems to get forward and up top in the striking position a bit more. Uh, for for his goal, he seems to be more or less playing up top, and Costa was a bit further back. So. Yeah, he's, he's probably an option again. <laughs> uh, right, we, we, we want Hazard again. <laughs> well, 9.8 million now. See what happens this week. If he doesn't do well this week, then you're a bit kind of hit and miss. You know, wait for the good fixtures for Chelsea, maybe. Right, I'm, I'm actually going to move away from Hazard for a second and chuck a differential at you in Victor Moses. Yeah. Um, of all the players that I thought was not going to survive the Conte axe um he is the most surprising he's been out on loan the last couple of seasons hasn't really done anything major on loan but he's come back and he's slotted nicely into this chelsea system why is it working for him well he's now right uh wing back isn't he so obviously he's yeah he's fitted him in there 
and before he was playing more or less up front for uh, you know other teams. Oh God, who did he play for? Well, he's on loan at West Ham, and I think he went to Stoke for a bit as well. Yeah, and obviously um, he kicked off at Wigan. Yeah, so he's he's more or less a, a striking right wing back, isn't he? Um, the more promising one which I'm looking at because Moses is actually classed as a midfielder I don't yeah. see that many points coming from him I think it's more coming from Hazard and Costa up top but Alonso classed as you a, were going to mention him yeah. he's classed as a defender and yeah he, he gets forward just as much as Moses obviously with this uh, three at the back and two wing back system he's really again slotted into that system quite nicely last game he had more touches in the opposition's half than in his own half it just shows you the attacking threat of him I'm still really surprised Chelsea I mean I didn't really see much of him at Fiorentina but he must have done a good job out there for Chelsea to fork out 20 odd million for him but no I agree a good um, a good attacking option nice to get forward I do remember actually picking him a few years ago my fancy football team and he had good returns for Sunderland so not a bad shout yeah I do think another option who I did wonder why Chelsea did bring him in, but Louise, he hit the bar for a free kick in the last game. and He, he is does, a threat, I'll he, give you that. He, again, he does look good in that formation. He seems to be on free kicks for Chelsea. Hazard has just he's pushed Hazard out of the way, and he's taken all of them. Uh, he did score he, he actually literally does. He literally runs up the pitch as soon as they yeah. get a free kick and yeah. demands it, doesn't he? Costa still the, the man of the moment, another goal at the weekend. 33% of you have picked him. He's still 10.2 million. So for his returns, I think that's still a good price. If you haven't got him, I think he's now a must-have. Yeah, he's a great option. I say it every every time when we when we talk about him, but he's he's only one card away from a suspension. But if you're going to hang on to that for too long, you're just going to miss out on all his points, which which I currently am. Do kind of want to fit him in, but again. I, can't get rid of Lukaku because he's scoring every game. I, you know, I can't afford him getting rid of Benteke. So unless I get rid of Aguero, he's staying away from my team. We actually haven't talked about Aguero too much recently, but um, still worth hanging on to? Yeah. With City dominating games like they are, I know they didn't against Barcelona, but with them dominating games in the Premiership like they are, you can see Aguero getting a lot of goals. And the fact that he didn't start against Barcelona because Pep wanted to flood the midfield in that game. He only got 11 minutes, so he's obviously going to start the next game as well. So the final side of the weekend, really, we're looking at is Jose's boys. So Man United, again, ball draw against Liverpool. I think Mourinho starting to come up under a bit of uh, media scrutiny. Are there any Man United players that are standing out for this one? Pogba did look pretty good against Liverpool, although he was playing in the number 10 role, which I'm not sure he's going to allow him to play in that role, because he did have, Jose did start Herrera, who did have a stormer of a game, he just seems to be all over the pitch when he plays, I don't know why he doesn't play him every week over over Fellaini, but yeah, Pogba may be a potential option now, now if he does play in the number 10 role. I can see him probably giving Ibra a fair amount of chances. Ibra needs a goal now, doesn't he? He's getting so close every every game. And he's barely scored since yeah. we were hyping him up during the wildcard period. So yeah. he needs um he definitely needs a goal. Yeah, he, which is rare to say about Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Like I say every week, he's king of the stats, but just not producing him into FPL points or goals. I think you're gonna say he's due, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Okay, so potentially looking at Pogba for United. That brings us to the end of the, the fixtures for this game week. Have we got anything from Twitter, Iceman, that we haven't already answered? 
Uh, yeah, I think I've got a couple more from Reddit as well. Yeah. There's one from Our Hero 7 uh, He's asking whether to get rid of Ibra and get Costa or Lukaku. Uh, yeah, is my answer. I'd agree 100%. I think uh, earlier in the season we would have said no to that, but I think the other two provide better value for money. It's going to free up a couple of million for you um, to have a stronger third striker or a stronger midfielder. I would say without question at the moment that's the way to go. Yeah, the only thing is after the Chelsea game they then have Burnley and Swansea, so... Kind of makes me want to think I'm going to save up a, a transfer and maybe bring in the likes of Pogba or Ibra. Okay, interesting. So well, I suppose you've got two perspectives there, but um, if we're talking about this game week, for me it's a no-brainer. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, going to Twitter, I've got a couple of questions. One, Sushant playing us a gif. Mr. Top 10. He's playing us a gif of help. When you drop from 700 to 7k, what's the point of all the effort? Please look at my team and help me out. And then he said, I'll make it 9.5k. So he's getting a bit depressed. Sushant, I think the first thing you need to remember is is the better days you've had in uh, fantasy football. I think just focusing on this this very brief plummet is only going to lead to rash decision-making and poor transfers. Focus on the man that's always in the top 10 and that way of thinking. Otherwise, you will continue to plummet. Take it from me... I've been playing this game with Woodsy for many years. <laughs> Looking at his team. Yes, let's look at the look at the man's team as he's uh, taking the trouble to write to us in such distress. Yeah. Don't panic is my first uh, recommendation. He got 35 of minus four this week. Um, well, I only got 36, so I think I'm, I'm the least uh, qualified to answer this question. But uh, I will put my two penneth worth in anyway. Yeah, it was. Uh, he's got Bellerin, Walker, Lowton, Firmino, Antonio, Sanchez, Nodgrass, Lukaku, Aguero, Defoe. So... Yeah, he's got a fair amount of decent players in there. Just... I still think that's a, that's a great team he's got there. Yeah. Um, that that for me is missing a little bit of Chelsea. If I'm being honest, I think there needs to be at least one Chelsea player in that team. Mm. Yeah, your thoughts, Iceman? Well, maybe Costa. Yeah, maybe Costa fitting in somewhere. And in, in his midfield, potentially, I'd be looking at maybe a Bournemouth midfielder. Yeah, I, I would. I would remove Snodgrass. Um, yeah, uh, 5.7 he's if got if Woodsy were here now he'd be uh, he'd be chomping at the bit to uh, dispute that but I, I'm not I actually agree I think Snodgrass out and he'd be looking at somebody else yeah uh, it's difficult with his team actually because he hasn't got any money in the bank I suppose Snodgrass has got the fixtures so you could just leave him in just for hope but then you can't really change much unless you uh, go for a minus four. I mean, you could go really out there and get rid of Sanchez and bring in KDB. He could. One option would be to take Sanchez out, put Walcott in, and then put the money into Costa up front. Then he'd yeah. have Lukaku, Aguero, Costa up front, an on-fire Theo Walcott in midfield with Firmino. He'd be looking at that home West Ham fixture, so Antonio will probably come good in that. Yeah. Um, and then Hull are again at home against Stoke this week, so that would save him transferring out Snodgrass. So yeah. it's a bit of a gamble taking out Sanchez, but I think that would be the best way for him to spread his money if he was going to do that. Yeah, to be honest, who are we to tell him what to do? He's currently. Well, we, we, we run a not, podcast, so we, we probably should, should offer some advice. <laughs> he's currently 9K, so it's higher than both of us. Uh, so just keep plugging away, I suppose. Moving on yeah, to... Don't panic. Don't panic. Moving on to the next question. Uh, FPL Team of the Week. Say hello, chaps. Do you think it's worth owning a Man United defender with their upcoming fixtures or better to look elsewhere? 
I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say bye because I think he has been consistent. He's seems to be becoming a bit of a jags in terms of being a bonus point magnet. Um, so I, I would absolutely push him. Yeah. Again, I'll, I'll maybe wait a week now that they're playing Chelsea. Uh, they, they, but then, yeah, they've got Burnley and Swansea. So the only thing I'd say with that Chelsea fixture is Mourinho back against his old club is going to want to prove a point slash be a bit of an arse. Um, so yeah. I could see him parking the bus there as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, you might be right there. Blind keeping Shaw out of the team at the moment. Yeah, I can't see that being for very long. But uh, but yeah, at the moment, as the status quo goes, he is. Uh, a lot of 5.5s, Blind 5.6, Valencia 5.6. It's only, yeah, even smaller than 5.9. So they're not, yeah, quite cheap to get into their team. And then De Gea They are, and this, this is a Mourinho team that's, that's going to be solid. It's going to... You know, it's going to make defensive gains so, when really it's set up to be more attacking. But there we go. Yeah, I think it's worth a shout there. Just depends on who you go for. Talk to you around. Yeah. Um, uh, Lolo sent in a question. Um, Hello to you, sir. He has asked, I would like to get rid of Fur, keep or get rid. My midfields are Walcott, Antonio, Capoue and King. Uh, and, then he, and then he asked, what up, Woodsy? Uh, afraid Woodsy's not here again, Lolo, so you've not got that privilege this week. But looking at your midfield, uh, no big hitters in there. Well, he's May- got Walcott, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I was just looking at, you know, maybe the likes of Hazard, KDB, Alexis, even Firmino. No real pricey players. He's obviously got quite a lot invested up front. And I was going to say, I'd be very interested to see what his strike force looks like because yeah. that does sound like quite a cheap midfield. So I'm presuming he's got expensive defence and attack or he's just been atrocious with the way that he spread his money and his team's lost value. Yeah, yeah. No, but you, you look at Fair, he, he may still be an option. Like we said earlier, he's still getting into the box, creating chances even against the big teams for the likes of Arsenal. They have got Watford and Stoke next. So maybe, I, I'm maybe not convinced on. that taking um, Fair out for this week is going to be particularly helpful in terms of, uh, if he hasn't got that much money, I suppose what I'm saying, to replace him with another player of similar value, there's not many people knocking around at that price. Yeah. Um, it might be worth saving a transfer and doubling up next week so you don't take a minus four hit. If you've got an expensive striker or defender taking them out and then spreading the money more into your midfield, because at the moment that is a little bit light, that midfield for me. But I'd have to know who he's got up front. Yeah, some solid advice from Bully there. Who got 36 this week? Who got 36 this week, yeah. <laughs> uh, Roth. I talk a very good game, I will say that. Yeah, well done. Uh, Roth at Corral Roth asks, got Habel Hernandez as a punt two weeks ago. Kind of failed. Who should I replace him with? Got 0.5 in the bank. How much is Habel Hernandez now and then? I'm just having a look at that actually. I have to say he um he's someone that's fantastic or was fantastic to trade on FIFA Ultimate Team for uh for a value increase. But let's have a look at him for FPL. <laughs> it's six mil. See at the start of the season and with his form in the in the championship, I would agree that would have been a great punt and someone I was actually looking at, but it's just not worked out for him once again. 
if we have a look at the six million players at the moment, because I don't know, he's, my head, if I'm being he, honest. he said he's got point uh, five in the bank. So again, you've oh, you've got the like, okay. you've got the likes of Wilson and Austin. Yes. Well, it's got to be Austin, hasn't it? Surely. Yeah, like, like I said earlier, it's just the fixtures and the Europa League puts me off Austin. Callum Wilson could be a great differential. Just after the Spurs game, he's got Middlesbrough, Sunderland, Stoke. Yeah, Austin or Wilson for me, I think I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. swap out for either of those two, Roth. Uh, and that is it for this week for Twitter. So uh, thanks for all your questions uh, and thanks for all your questions on Reddit. We're going to start posting on there because we seem to get a lot of interaction from there, which is nice. I must um, start using Reddit more. Yes, uh, it's not bad. You can um, get a lot of information off of there, which you don't get on Twitter. I take all my information from you. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, in that case, that brings us to the end of another Bully and Iceman Unplanned Football Surgery podcast. Um, a few ways of contacting us in the week. So first of all, log on to our website. Give it a hit, fantasyfootballsurgery.com. You can message us and uh, send us your feedback on Facebook. So facebook.com forward slash fantasyfootballsurgery, all one word. Um, please tweet us your questions on Twitter. Really great. We're getting more of those coming in now. And your feedback at ff underscore surgery. Um, listen to us on SoundCloud and also iTunes as well, which that's where we usually post the pod. Um, obviously, if you're listening, you're on there now anyway. So we thank you for listening. And please also join our Fancy Football Surgery Podcast Mini League. The code is 17603-6718. If you forget what I've just said, log on to the website and you can find us through there as well. Just to say goodbye to the Iceman. Yeah, cheers, Paul. Uh, good luck in your game weeks. And thanks, everyone, for listening once again. Well, after the uh, Champions League blues for Manchester City, it's the Gunners and Leicester City who fly the flag best in Europe. We will speak to you next week. And now you're going to believe us. Now you got to believe us. Now you got to believe us. We're going to win the league. If you were Tottenham, you would not listen to this podcast. No, you wouldn't, would you? Not for football. Not for podcast. Football. Now, I've actually got a small bowl of Frosties here. And, yes, uh, I can hear you eating it. Sorry, it's just um, it's delicious wheat. So. Uh, we actually had a a uh, question on him um from oh no we didn't sorry uh move on you, you talk there are no questions <laughs> you, you talk now <laughs> we'll 